Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my brilliant friend and co-host, Ananga Sevier. This week on the podcast, we're reflecting on what you can do to create more peace and calm during the wintertime. In the Northern Hemisphere, December can be dark and busy, and we often receive questions from our listeners about how to support their mind through the darker months. And I know it's been a challenge for us over the years, but we've got some really good ideas for you and some tried and true tips and suggestions that have worked for us. Welcome back, Ananga. Hey, Shen. Podcast number 671. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I write those numbers down and I'm just like, wow, look at us go. Coming up 700. Yeah, yeah. And just a quick shout out to everyone who supported us and sent us good wishes and invested in our online courses for our anniversary sale. We really appreciate it so much. And to all of our patrons, thank you for continuing to support the podcast. Yeah, big thanks. Today we're talking about how to create calm in the darker months. And that really begins with protecting yourself from expectations. Yeah, it can feel quite an overwhelming time, I think. The energy of the darker months causes us to slow down. I read this beautiful book called Wintering by an author called Catherine May, and she really explains and shares beautifully this thing that we're drawn to do in the winter. We don't really hibernate, but we slow down and, and we need to do things differently. But as we often share on the podcast, there's this expectation in the West to be the same 24-7 all year round. We live under artificial lighting. We've got the heating. We've got the aircon in the summer. And it, it's supposed to be the same. Everything's supposed to be the same. And there's that expectation to show up the same. But it's not how our bodies work. It's not how the seasonal clock works. So I think it can be a time of great pressure where we're expected to socialize more and be out more when our inclination might be to be in more and slow down more. That's so true. Anytime I think of the word expectation, I replace it with invitation. It's something that I've been practicing for years and have taught other people as well because we have so many things tugging at us right now, whether it be family, neighbors, work projects, uh, travel. We might be traveling for the holidays. There might be just all of these additional tasks and to-dos. And and not that that's a, a bad thing, but sometimes it can just be too much. So I like to look at those, all of those things as invitations. What am I invited to participate in versus what am I expected to participate in? You know, I've heard you say that many times over the years, but today it's landed differently on me. I've always appreciated it. But as you were saying it today, I was thinking that with an invitation, say it's a wedding invitation or something, there's a RSVP. Mm-hmm. And if it's a printed invitation on the back, it often says accept or decline. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm taking from what you're saying today is, yeah, it's a softer It's a softer way of looking at things and to respect ourselves with the option to decline if that's what we need to do. And and to give yourself a window of time before you respond. Mm. 
where I get myself into a lot of trouble is I'll I'll respond quicker than maybe than I should. Yeah. And if I would have sat with something for 24 hours, I might have a different idea about how I want to proceed. I might not want to be involved or I might want to be involved. Yeah. Give yourself that time to really sit with it. I realize that around the world as people are celebrating the holidays, there's a lot more before us and there's a lot of pressure to be with family, let's say, or to travel to see family. And even in that space, it's still an invitation because it's not always something we can do. Yeah. It's not always something we can do to travel several hours or or across the country. And that needs to be okay as well, because it's not that you don't love your family. That's not that you don't necessarily want to be there. It's just sometimes it doesn't work out and, and you need to let yourself off the hook for that as well. Yeah. I think that's where the pause is especially helpful to gain some clarity. And that gives us an opportunity to respond with love to the invitation. Um, and also to be clear for ourselves where it might be pulling on us. And uh, for myself, I've always traveled to be with my parents every single Christmas, never missed until the last couple of years when I'm not able to do that. I'm not able to make that journey. I'm not well enough to make the journey and it doesn't therefore feel safe. I'm not going to risk putting myself in danger. Or if you're living with a chronic health condition, you might just be able to pull it out of the bag and do a journey, but then you might pay for it and crash a couple of days later. And then there's the journey back. Mm-hmm. And if I have to commit to a, even a short journey these days, and I think I'm going to be anxious about making the journey back because my health is quite choppy, I can't do that. I'm not going to do it to my nervous system. So taking that pause to think, why is this making me feel a little anxious, a little uncomfortable, and respecting ourselves mm-hmm. in what we need? And there's a great quote I shared recently. Uh, we were having a chat, Shan, for our um, patrons about what we were reading. And I shared, I just read this great book by a 102-year-old doctor called Gladys McGarry. And this, to me, sits well with what we're talking about. She said, even as we choose, our automatic reactions are likely to tug at us. You know, we've got that automatic response that comes up in us. So again, I think that pause gives us a clearer and more balanced opportunity to choose. Mm, Yes. And I think it's also important to share that when we do choose, and depending on what invitations are before us, sometimes a no thank you is plenty. You don't need to get into it any more than that. Now with family, it's different. With, With close friends, it's different, of course. But Do not feel like you have to share your rationale behind your decision-making process. You do not have to. And that's something that women, I think, need to hear more than men because we want to often make everybody happy and, and sometimes we need to just allow ourselves to be happy, (laughs) to make the choice that is best for us without going into all of the reasons why we said no thank you and that's a practice in and of itself isn't it that's something i've had to really work on yeah we don't like to disappoint people we don't like to feel that we've let people down but we also need to make sure we're not letting ourselves down a good practice 
And then earlier we were talking about how releasing resistance is important when we're feeling extra anxious or generalized anxiety is popping up. Can you speak a little bit more to to releasing resistance? Yeah, there's that famous quote, what you resist persists. And um, I think with anxiety, it's not just that it persists, but it gains energy. There's that pushback with anxiety when we're not able to accept it and allow, just allow it space. Again, it's another kind of pause. Okay, my anxiety's up. What do I need? And not fighting it. When we fight anxiety, we've already got an unsettled nervous system if we live with anxiety. And if we're fighting it and resisting it, we're just churning our nerves up more. We're churning our mind up more. And it just gives it so much more energy. And I think a really important part of calming anxiety and why it's relevant to this time of year is to be able to sit and accept. Some of us feel more low in the darker months. November is often a very challenging month for me. And probably our listeners know because I share it a lot. I keep journals and then I can see the pattern where I have to be extra careful with my mind in November, October, November. It's just got a certain energy that creeps in that I have to be careful with and and look after it. So maybe that's how we roll. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is that there are a couple of months of the year that can be a bit more challenging than others. Maybe we find the darker evenings more challenging. Maybe our energy is just low because we're not getting out so much. We're not getting so much sunlight. But to accept rather than resist that that's how it is and to look at how we can support ourselves mm-hmm. and lean in with extra acceptance, extra compassion and good self-care rather than thinking it's a flaw or a problem with us. And I th- especially at this time of year, we hear a lot from people that are struggling with heightened anxiety or low energy, more easily overwhelmed. And if that's how it is, that's how it is. And we can't help it unless we meet it with kindness. Sure. And to be in that place of observation as well. Yeah. To say, like you just did, I generally notice that I struggle during October and November. So what do I know I need to do? How do I need to take care of myself to move through those couple of months with more ease and grace? Because then you're not falling into feeling hopeless and just wanting to curl up and hide from the world and let anxiety have all of this power over us, right? You get to come at it from a place of, all right, we've been here before and I know what to do. And the first thing that I'm going to, you know, and go through your list of what you know helps. And this brings you back around to that space of knowing that you're loving yourself up, you're accepting that it is what it is, and that you know how to oil up, you know how to keep yourself warm and cozy socks on your feet and mm-hmm. and even a, a wrap if you need to. I, my house is a hundred-year-old house and it gets very drafty and we don't keep the heat up really high. So I have a blanket in my office. I have one in my chair. I, I have, you know, just to, to take care of, oh, okay, warming up. And what else do I know that I need? What else do I know that, it, that I might want to stay away from this time of year? Mm-hmm. And it's just, again, it's just such a beautiful way to say, oh, 
wait a minute, anxiety doesn't have power over me. I know how to go with this, how to move with this, and what my body and mind need. Yeah, right. And if we fight it, it will have power over us. Mm-hmm. It will increase its energy and we will not stand by ourselves in support. And then we start thinking, you know, why can't I do this? Why am I always like this? We get these generalistic negative statements coming, this negative outlook of ourselves. And although I've shared that I'm aware that October and November can be challenging months for me, they're nowhere near as challenging as they once were. And there's a real sweetness in wrapping up and doing the things you need to do. I shared with you earlier, you sent me a gift of a lovely soft scarf Mm. a couple of years ago, and I've taken to putting that on early in the morning when I get up to meditate. I put that around my neck and I get my thick socks and my ginger tea and I've got my routine. But when we settle into that routine of doing what we know we need, and it's really important if we've got a high vata nature, as we often talk about in Ayurveda, to keep our neck and chest warm. So to pick a lovely scarf with an uplifting color and do that as an act of self-care, it helps. This is what I know I need to do to look after myself and our nervous system gets on board and our general health and well-being gets on board because we're not poking at ourselves and exhausting ourselves. So it can be a very sweet experience if we can just turn to it with self-compassion and being open to acceptance and being at peace with our nature. Anxiety is a form of communication, right? The body and the mind are communicating stress, fear, warning, warning. And we can respond by sending calming messages back, whether that be through deep breathing exercises, through our yoga practice, through Qigong, meditation, anything that helps let your nervous system know it's okay. I hear you and I'm going to help you. I always think of that of being like drenched in warm honey, like, oh, my nerves are going to be. Fine. They're not, you know, even if I'm feeling fried, I again know how to communicate with myself to get back to that sweeter space. And meditating daily, of course, is something that has been recommended for thousands of years. It was that investment prioritizing our mental well being. I attended a, a Zoom meeting at the weekend where there was a, a yoga teacher, really fascinating guy, really amazing to listen to. And he was talking about mental hygiene. And he said, you know, when you say hygiene, you think of flossing or showering or something, but we need mental hygiene. We need to actively take care of keeping our mind in good and healthy shape. And he had some great information to share on that. So yeah, really important. If our mind is disturbed, everything's harder, everything. So better to invest that time in caring for our mental well-being and meditations. One of many good practices to do that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. For most of you, the holiday season is a time for enjoying family and friends, gift giving, and enjoying special treats. And whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to choose what you give to yourself whether it's by starting therapy or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, please remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. Therapy is helpful for setting boundaries 
and looking after yourself. And it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Slayer today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Slayer. Before the break, we were discussing how important it is to take effective mental breaks. And now we're going to roll into some standing and seated practices that you can do to help calm your mind during the darker months. Practice I really enjoy, and I've been using this for for months, is a a Qigong practice, really simple and really easy to do, and my body now responds to it very quickly. It's great for if you're feeling stirred up or anxious, or if you've had a little bit of a shock, a little bit of something that's uh, rattled your nervous system. And it's very simple practice. You just shake your body by bouncing on the front of your feet, bouncing up and down on the on the area around your toes, and then you just let your weight drop down onto your heels, dropping your heels into the floor while you're shaking out your arms and hands. So you're just bouncing up and down on, on your toes with your heels just contacting the floor repeatedly, shaking out your hands, your wrists, as if you're flicking water off your hands. You've got wet hands and you're flicking water off them. And you can raise your hands up over your head, get your whole body as loose as you can, your neck, your shoulders, taking deep breaths, and then let let your arms come back to your sides. Uh, You can continue with your feet flat on the floor and let the springiness come from your legs and knees for a couple more minutes. And then just start swinging your body a little bit from side to side and get as loose as you can. And this is an ancient practice and it's taught for shaking out stress and fear and high adrenaline states from the body. It really works. It really does work. And it also works in conjunction with the temple bell, I think is what it's called. The Qigong move where you just, like a little kid, stand there and let your arms swing back and forth on your body. And just just let them flail all about. It's, there's no control other than just back and forth and back and forth. And, and you do so with your hands hitting different meridian points on the low end and on the high end of your body, which is also helpful in something that helps move your lymph, um, helps with fear and stress, just like the, the shaking does. And it doesn't take much time, you guys. And you can't really do it wrong to do the shaking and bouncing or twirling and moving your arms. Somebody, you know, in your home might think you're a bit silly, but that's okay. Have them join you. It'll be good for them too. I do both of those every morning and every evening. And uh, sometimes after lunch, I'll do the, the temple bell one as well. So helpful. And as you twist, you're bringing your right hand over to pat on the left side of your stomach, right? That one. And then you're, as you twist the other way, you're, one hand goes behind. Yeah, so shoulder, kidney, yeah. shoulder, kidney, and then stomach. and Yeah, so when your hands contact the back of your body, it's like the, the back of your hand is, is contacting one kidney and then the other as you twist. So we know from tapping and the theory of uh, Chinese medicine, meridian theory, the kidneys are to do with fear and the water element. So you're bringing energy and positive intention to to the kidney organs, 
And when you pat across the front of your body, your right hand goes across onto the spleen area and your left hand comes across onto the stomach area. And in Chinese medicine, both of those organs are associated with worry. So it really does work. There's a science behind how and why it works, and it helps you feel grounded and calm. Such a simple thing and such a helpful thing. And it's helpful too for uh, kapha doshas who might find themselves this time of year maybe finding it a little bit harder to move, very much wanting to stay in the chair with the blanket and the hot cup of tea (laughs) or the hot cup of cocoa. And the good news is this is easy for you to do too and doesn't take very much time. You could you could do 10 high and 10 low temple bells and that would make a difference. You can bounce for 30 seconds and it would make a difference. Yeah. I do sets of 50. I'll do like 50 bounces and then I'll do 50 temple bells. I'll do 20 on the waist and then 10 up on the lungs and the shoulders and then I'll go back down for another 20. And then I might have another bounce if I feel the feel the need. And that second bounce in session really gets extra tension out of my neck and shoulders. And it really does help. Hmm, sure does. As you just shared, great importance of moving. And another thing I was reminded of from Dr. Gladys McGarry, who I quoted earlier, she said our blood moves of its own accord, but our lymph moves when we move. True. So very important to keep that system moving, and that requires a little help from us. And if all of this sounds like a bit too much, just put on your favorite music and dance around for a whole song. Just dance. (laughs) Yeah, shake and dance and, and yeah. What is that? Life requires furious dancing or something? It's always a good thing to get that. Fight, flight, freeze states benefit from moving and, yeah, shaking the body out. Yeah, it does. And then, of course, there are seated practices that you can do. If you've listened to us for any length of time, you know that we share the calming point and the importance of using the calming point while taking calm and steady breaths. And the calming point is just a space where if you were to take your left hand and make a fist, The spot where your middle finger lands in your palm of your hand is the spot. And then you take your right thumb and you just press on that spot and breathe and maybe five or six rounds of your breath or more. And nobody needs to know that you're doing it. It's just something that's really helpful. We talk about it a lot because it works so beautifully. And then, of course, there's always the opportunity to curl up somewhere and be quiet or Just listen to a guided meditation. There's so many guided practices, and it it can be helpful for you to look around and see what you prefer. For example, guided breathing or a guided body scan to release tension, or even a guided journey for deep relaxation and escape. We have, I think, 30 or more guided meditations on our Patreon, and you can find them right at the top of our page there next to our Tapping Sessions collection if you want to check out some of our meditations. Guided meditations are so very supportive. One of my very favorite things to do when I need to chill out is listen to a guided relaxation. Yeah, me too. Especially if anxiety is running high and you're having that kind of broken record anxiety where your mind's just crashing in with intrusive thoughts. 
mm-hmm. guided relaxations. They're like a super healthy distraction, but it's not a distraction, it's an immersion. But you know, sometimes we'll go to scrolling or something just to try and stop that thought. But guided relaxations ease the mind into a more peaceful state by this gradual immersion in the practice. And you've got another voice to listen to, somebody leading you in to the experience. Mm-hmm. The benefits are the opposite of distraction, but you've got that experience of something to listen to rather than your own head <laughs> holding you hostage to unwanted thoughts. Right. It's so helpful. Yeah. Distraction can preoccupy the mind for a while, but it doesn't feel good afterwards. It it aggravates our nervous energy. And who knows what we're going to scroll and find. Sometimes you're scrolling for diversion from anxiety. And it causes more. It causes more. You end up finding something, yeah, triggering or upsetting. And then when we stop, we're left to face our anxiety again, feeling more tired and more out of balance. So guided relaxations are a great way to just step out of that high anxiety state. Great if you wake up in the night anxious and you can't get back to sleep. Good if you're struggling to get to sleep. It's a good thing to have them to hand. Pick a few you know you like and have them ready to go so it's easy. And then as we wrap up our episode today, we'll just share a few other things that help during this time of year. Some herbs that can help lift your spirits include cinnamon, cardamom, ginger, cloves, cumin. You can cook with them. You can make a warming pot. I have right now on the, on the stove, I have some lemon and vanilla and some rosemary and all just kind of simmering and the house smells so good. Or you can do cinnamon and orange and kind of mix things up. Uh, essential oils like lavender, frankincense, jasmine, grapefruit are all wonderful oils to help I also like um, lemongrass, and I know you also love vetiver. Love it. It's super grounding. And neroli. Neroli is a beautiful one. Yeah, yeah. Such an uplifting scent. Beautiful. And we do have a link in our show notes to Eden's Garden. Uh, I've been getting my essential oils from them for years. It's not an affiliate account or anything. It's just a great place to get 100% pure essential oils. And if you're listening, They have special offers this time of year. We also want to keep warm. uh, And we talked about this already, about keeping your neck warm with a scarf, even indoors sometimes. Uh, Sipping hot water or ginger tea between meals. I love lemon water between meals. Three ginger tea is one of our favorite teas from Pucka Tea. You might want to try that. There's another really lovely tea from Pucker that's quite warming and very calming, and it's Pucker Relax. And it has chamomile and ginger and meadow sweet. I can't remember what else is in there, but it's a real go to for me at this time of year, especially in the evening. It's nice and warming and also very calming. And yogi teas do a nice one too, a bedtime tea, which is a beautiful blend. Mm. So chamomile is very good for calming in the evening, but we want those warmer teas as well with the ginger. That's definitely an important addition at this time of year. And remember to keep moving, whether you're shaking it out, whether you're dancing, whether you're taking a walk, it's far too easy to sit 
too much this time of year. Give your body the gift of movement and even set reminders if you need to, to move. If you find yourself stuck in a chair for too long, moving helps your mind as much as it helps your body. So get moving. I've also included in the show notes a beautiful video on balancing emotions with Qigong by Chuni Lin. You might want to check that out. He's uh, such a, a wonderful person and has so many wonderful videos that you can follow if you want to learn how to practice Qigong. He's so sweet, isn't he? He's just got such a gentle, loving nature. I read his biography years ago. It's incredible. He's an yeah, amazing Qigong teacher. If you want to receive even more anxiety support, you're welcome to visit our Patreon, where you can get a deeper dive into some of the topics we cover, as well as over 200 downloads, including all of our guided relaxations. You can learn more at patreon.com slash anxietyslayer.